Even though this show's actually been supposedly an organic gardening show for over 20 years. I also am an animal nut. I've gotten really into the environment and climate change talk and, and what's going on in the world around us. But another one that I've been fascinated by that I worked in the field, as a matter of fact, is in wildlife. And, and one of the things I've promoted 10 or 15 years, it's finally happening, although it may have happened before that, I just weren't aware of it, is how wildlife bridges over highways, under highways, are safer for animals and safer for people. Uh, the ones that come to mind that, for me, are the tunnels for tortoises all out west for the endangered uh, desert tortoise out there. And they also make bridges for bears and large animals. And it significantly reduced the number of wildlife car collisions here in the country, but actually worldwide, uh, since we started doing that. You know, the roar of traffic doesn't stop big mammals like moose and bears from crossing highways. Nor does it keep a myriad of especially smaller creatures uh, from being nailed by our cars. In just two years along one stretch of highway in Utah where they actually did the study, 98 deer three moose, two elk, tons of raccoons, a couple of cougars, all killed in car collisions, a total of 106 mammals. In the United States, there's 21 threatened and endangered species whose very survival is probably most threatened by road mortalities. And the one that comes to mind since I lived down there for a long time is the key deer in Florida. Others in the list are bighorn sheep in California, and something as insignificant to some people as red-bellied turtles in Alabama, and of course tortoises in most of the western states. Incidentally, if you're just thinking about yourself, people also get hurt. About 200 people on average die every year in more than one million car collisions in the United States, according to the National Highway Safety Administration. These crashes are expensive, too. Deer car collisions cost an average of $8,190, and a hitting a big elk can cost you the whole car, $25,000. Or a moose vehicle collision, if you've got enough car, averages about forty grand. Taking into consideration the human injuries and death, towing, vehicle repair, investigation of the accident by local authorities, and carcass disposal. That's according to a paper from the Western Transportation Institute uh, studied out in the Montana State University. And the number of these deadly accidents is growing. Over the most recently reported 15-year period, wildlife vehicle collisions have increased by over 50%, with an estimated 1 to 2 million, million now large animals killed by motorists every year. But we do know at least one solution that's been remarkably effective around the world in decreasing collisions between cars and animals crossing the road. Simple wildlife under and overpasses. Studies that looked at a cross-section of native species death on highways in Florida, for instance, for deaths of bandicoots and wallabies in Australia, or the number of jaguars in Mexico. This is just to name a few all show that wildlife crossings save money and lives, both human and animal. The study showed that we get reductions of 85 to 95% with crossings and fencing that guide animals under and or over highways. That is why, at least in Europe, 
Traffic spanning bridges and tunnels have been popular since back in the 50s when the first one was built. Uh, first one was in France. And now they're showing up worldwide. Usually looking much like a regular overpass to us, but decked out with native flora, they aren't particularly noticeable unless you know what you're looking for. And undercrossings, which pass beneath highways to assist shire and smaller animals, sometimes, many times, they're invisible to the drivers. But they're helping countless species, depending on where you are, from golden monkeys and pumas in Brazil to voles in London and tortoises in the western United States. And of course, one point we got to think about, it's a heck of a lot easier and cheaper to build these during road construction than it is to retrofit them here in the United States and in Canada, which we're beginning to do. We're actually incorporating it as part of building the highways or as we repave and everything, we're adding the over and underpasses. As an example, one of the most um, successful crossings we know about is called the Wildlife Overpass of Banff, B-A-N-F-F. And what it does is it crosses the Trans-Canadian Highway. A study there shows that in just a two-mile stretch, two miles now, wildlife vehicle crashes were reduced from an average of 12 a year to an average of two a year, reducing the cost of crashes by over 90% in dollars over $100,000. It's statistics like these that have led to the addition of crossings there uh, on many, many parts of the road over the last two decades. Another interesting fact that makes this whole study kind of intriguing is that it's found that animals have different preferences when it comes to feeling safe on an over or underpass. Uh, They've even done it during the monitoring before building the thing is critical to see which would do best. Grizzly bears, elk, deer, and moose prefer big structures that are wide open, whereas cougars and black bears prefer smaller, more constricted crossings with less light and and a heck of a lot more cover. These inclinations are based on how each animal evolved, is what we think, of course. Black bears and cougars' natural home is in the forest, not a meadow. So they don't feel comfortable on a large open crossing structure, for instance. And another thing found in this study that I found fascinating is the choice of crossing even can come down to the sex of an individual animal. A 2014 study at Banff, looking at DNA uptime from black bear hair samples is what they did, and camera data showed that breeding females prefer overpasses, but males like to go on underpasses. So now we know if we want to maintain connectivity, we need to build overpasses so breeding females can cross, even though before that the underpasses were the the first uh, thing they built, thinking that would do for for all the animals. Another thing they found in the study is while animals that are already accustomed to human structures, like coyotes and deer, for instance, uh, were using the Washington I-90 crossing as soon as it was built, even skirting around the construction equipment as they were building it. But there's a longer curve for animals of other species. It might take elk, grizzly bears, or cougars a couple of years to feel comfortable using the crossings. And wolverines, lynx, wolves, and fishers, recently incidentally reintroduced back into Washington, might take five years to get, to, to get accustomed to that new structure before they'll use it. But once routes over and under the road are established, it becomes an intergenerational knowledge. Cougars with kittens and black bears with cubs use the crossing so they naturally pass that information on to 
their offspring. The animals that adapt earlier are important. Not only are they keeping themselves off the road and reducing car collisions with animals right off the bat, but they also create paths that the more reticent, slower animals will learn to follow. And also, we found out, or they found out, fences help. They guide the animals away from dangerous highways and crossings toward the overpasses and underpasses until they get accustomed to them. And now the studies are not just working with big animals, they're actually looking at some of the smaller animals, such as shrews and voles and mice and pikas, if you're in the northwest. Rock and brush piles are now set up specifically to encourage these more shy species to use the crossings. One area I'm aware of out in California, and we only say area because, believe it or not, I've learned the hard way. I know where there's some colonies of horned toads. I know where there's some colonies of tortoises. But there are people out there that don't really care about the animal except to make a buck. So now many of you no longer actually tell everybody exactly where these places are. But the one that I'm familiar with is in California, I can tell you that. And, and they put a series of crossings for tortoises. They're having a real trouble in that part of, well, all over the poor animals in trouble, but especially this is a more populated area. But they've put a half dozen or more under the road crossings. Nobody, if you're driving around, you'd never know they're there unless you see a tortoise coming from one side of the road to the other. But it has literally, literally cut the yearly road deaths by over 90% for those tortoises. It literally has a chance of saving that whole population merely, and they're relatively inexpensive to run under the highways. It's not as expensive as the big ones that have to go overhead. So they work there. Another place I'm aware of, I have not studied myself, but it is good secondhand information, are crossings for the key deer in South Florida. The key deer is a little teeny tiny uh, deer. I think it is a white tail, but it's a very small one. And they were just getting wiped out in, in areas in extreme southern Florida and basically in the areas where they've now created these crossings for them virtually none of the uh, the animals are being hit by cars so the two two wins there you don't get a damage to your car even though he's a little guy he can still cause some damage and of course saving the animals the populations are not even just not being hit but the total populations appear to be increasing for the first time in 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 this decade for 50 years all they've ever done is slowly go down in population because of you know, habitat loss is the big reason but what we did find out with the study from that little deer was the number of animals we lose to automobiles was far greater than was originally anticipated and one other study i'll mention is out west also where they made under road crossings for trout the bull trout weren't able to go where they used to go. As a matter of fact, they discovered that they were actually having too much inbreeding on one side of the road because the trout couldn't get to the other side to get back to the, I think it's the Columbia River. And it changed and, and reinvigorated the entire population by merely making a few, in the real dollars, relatively inexpensive under-road crossings just for the fish, although it incidentally was studied later and found that it, it also helped salamanders, it also helped a number of reptiles, even a number of small mammals that used to that learn where these crossings were. So 
In essence, they saved a number of different species or at least gave them another chance by just merely thinking a little bit, hey, let's do this one project and find out. So it's a never growing situation now that I hope catches on all across here in the United States. And I can name a number of animals, a good number, that would definitely benefit from just such a a small change that we as humans, well, we created the problem. I think we should do whatever we can to solve the problem. Thanks for tuning in and staying tuned to Organic Matters. Organic Matters.